everybody's capital is at risk every day. Every day it is. For many people, the more scary idea is, would you risk your influence? Would you risk your power? Would you step out and say something bold? Because that is more risky than giving away half a million. Welcome to a special CEO.world podcast series, Money and Power, with Joy Anderson, founder of the Criterion Institute, and Vicki Saunders, founder of CEO. Systems and patterns of power and money are sometimes hard to see. Joy and Vicki identify the systems that make up this world and the money and power dynamics within them so that we can better understand how to transform our world. Good morning, Joy. Today we're going to talk about selling versus scheming. Would you like to start by unpacking that or selling and or not versus? What's the framing? And is always a good place to start. I was actually having a conversation with my adult kid last night about being able to recognize and then what do you do with understanding where you sit within the sort of power dynamics around you. And I I think this is one of those things that everybody learned different coping mechanisms, right? Like we've talked abstractly about, well, hopefully sometimes concretely, but yeah, you can talk about abstract systems of power. But then there are moments when like the power of the system exactly comes to bear on you and is clear what your constraints are. And so I was talking to my kid about that last night because she was just experiencing some exercise of power and I was trying to help her figure out like how much room do you have to maneuver this versus are you actually trying to change the person that you're talking to or are you just working around them so I was thinking about all of that and part of that was building off of a dialogue on gender smart yesterday and have have those sessions been amazing absolutely yeah so good but we did one on narrative the beloved Lori Spangler and some other folks have been working on this question of what is the narrative of gender lens investing? I always found this a little funny because at some point I was like, well, what do you mean by narrative? Like it was even a little wonky for me to be like, why are we calling this a narrative? Because it just sounded like, what's your sales pitch? What is the story? Okay, what's the narrative? What do you say to talk somebody into moving capital to gender lens investing was basically the session yesterday. I found that fascinating. And everybody had a different angle. It needs to have data. It needs to explain the how, not just the why. And there was a whole debate about whether or not it's the why or the how and people taking strong opinions that you really need to say the how because we've all got the why. And I'm sitting in the middle of this thinking, I think this is kind of a load of crap (laughs) because I'm all for selling techniques and what is the right language and what's the framing that resonates with people right now. And I, I spend a lot of time thinking about all that stuff. But at some point in this work, We are selling to people who have so many freaking biases. And there is no sales training out there that says how to sell to somebody in a position of privilege 
that is very comfortable with their biases. And it becomes your fault. If I didn't position it right, I didn't provide enough data, I didn't provide enough concrete examples, and so they could get over whatever their thing is. So maybe just pausing on this whole, like, how we sell to a system. The fact that we're saying this is like the result of an absolutely brilliantly designed system to keep us out right? First of all, let's just like recognize that this is working so beautifully well. And the fact that we're all putting all of this energy into trying to figure out how to get in should be a warning sign for everybody. And a hello, why are we doing this? Why? Because they have the money. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I think you're spot on. Like, I think that's the question we have to ask. Where I checked my own privilege in that conversation was I'm not a first-time fund manager trying to raise an investment fund. Who also, I mean, to say I'm a first-time fund manager also would be somebody with privilege. But like, I'm not out every day hitting the pavement trying to say, here's the capital I need to attract from you. So we're, first of all, conditioned to think that we have to figure out how to get a better tweak on things. Mm-hmm. We're kept separate and isolated so that we never come together and go, what the hell, together so that this doesn't happen. We continue to give power to people by saying separate and all applying for our $22 each. Thank you very much. I feel so much better now. This is the whole thing. Like These calls of coming together and sharing this and you going, aha, wait a minute. There's a problem with this dynamic. We have the business case. We have all the data that would move behavior, should we think, but we're all conditioned to believe this is the way it should be. And there's something still wrong with us because we don't have a good narrative. This is positing the debate. When do you sell and when do you scheme? I'm with you, Vicki. I am with you that sometimes being put in a position to sell and saying that you have to sell your data, you have to sell that that there's a business case for investing in women, blah, blah, blah. I get that those are signs of, if not the apocalypse, (laughs) they're signs of We're not winning here. (laughs) Signs of the power dynamic and the fact that there is, sorry, one one of the guys on the call, he was kind of classic, but one of the guys on the call said, well, if you're seeing that you've really made the business case then the problem is probably your how. Yeah, no. it not us, that is the problem. (laughs) Exactly. I want to reach across the phone and hurt that person. Uh, Yeah, no, it's completely insane. Yeah, blame blame us. Thank you. Blame us. Say we haven't done it well enough. And and, and I'm all for growth and learning and, and sales as a process. And I'm somebody who loves to sell. And so I love that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get you to say yes. But the reality is, We don't then spend enough time saying, how do we have enough power to shape what they believe is possible? How do we, say it again, how do we have enough power to shape the decisions is what you just said? Yeah, we already do. We already do. We just don't realize it because we're all separately trying to fit into a little window that's being offered. This is again where, you know, we come to this fundamental are we trying to tweak the existing system to get some GLI going, some gender lens investing going? Or are we looking at our system and going, we have a problem, folks. 
we have a major challenge with what's going on here. Our whole economic model is a mess. It's not getting us where we need to go. We have a, the worst or the best, depending on which way you want to look at it. The inequality is off the charts. The separation of who has capital and who doesn't has never been wider. Five people have the wealth of half the planet. There's no middle. Like there's just monopolies everywhere at the top that have just controlled all the assets. So it's like super crazy worse. So if you look at it, if you just sort of pop up and go fly around in a big balloon in the sky and look at that and go, really? Do you think that we're going to actually unlock 22 bucks from over there? Is that going to happen? In order for what? Like you're going to throw us pennies and just go, here you go. Show us that you can get a better return than we're getting. Because we own everything. We own the rails. We own the distribution channels. <laughs> like, I mean, if I sort of step back from it, I kind of feel that way. And maybe that's a little bit too high in the sky. But can we go back to the, the summary underneath these pieces? Because I really love this too. I talk about unmarketing and I, would, I just want to put opposite words in front of selling. Follow the energy is kind of how I talk about it. And I, I fundamentally believe like we are all conditioned to be a certain way and to act a certain way by the culture that we're in. And we're at this very wild and crazy transformation moment where we have to decondition ourselves to get to a world that's going to actually work for all of us. And there's a lot of people holding on to the conditioning piece and, and thinking this is the only way we can do anything. And you have unlocked my imagination or certainly given words to it around that's the big challenge of like thinking differently about what's possible. And so you have to actually decondition or like, it's very hard to unthink what you've been brought up in to go into this new place. But, and there are people out there dying to. And so it's find them and then we'll go find the others and build momentum. When we find them, what are we asking them to do? What are we collectively doing together? One of the thoughts I've been having for a while is that too often what we ask people to do and then what we measure our success by is move your capital to this other thing. You do it. I do it. I want to have a trillion dollars that's willing to use their capital to you know, invest to make a difference on gender-based violence, our, our campaign around gender-based violence, right? You, you talk often about like, what if CEO had this much money under management? We do that because those numbers communicate, right? Those numbers signal power, right? Having capital under management and the volume of that capital signals to people, <laughs> albeit it's surreal, right? I name a trillion you name a billion, these are all like at some level play numbers. Some people are happy to have $10,000 and they should be like sometimes $10,000 is enough. I think the piece within this is we get lured into that the measurement is about assets under management or the, the measurement is about the dollars. But the reality is, as we all know, it's actually your freedom to use that money. It's the rules attached to the money. It's how that money is structured, right? It's not just that I have it. In lots of training programs that I do, I sort of break out how much money I made as a fund manager. And I believe that my total income from Good Capital was something like $70,000 all in just because First-time fund managers don't make any money. It's not profitable because you're spending your time making the fund work, not, you know, raking it in. Anyway, I digress. So the question is, we keep having this push on like, 
make it about the move capital, make it about the move capital, make it about the move capital versus when we brought everybody together, we said, what we want you to do is use your influence because that's what we don't ask enough. Instead of saying, have the early adopters within gender lens investing really moved capital? It's a worthwhile question. Like, have they actually moved their capital? But it's even more important to say, have they actually been willing to use their real power? Have they been willing to scheme? Were they willing to go to a meeting and say, all right, let's figure out how in this meeting more ends up being possible for fill in the blank, this entrepreneur, this fund manager, this. You got it. This is the thing. That is the thing. First of all, the freedom for how to use your money, priceless, completely unbelievable. Someone asked me last year, or yeah, I think it was last year. It's like super interesting woman in New York. And she said, you know, what would you rather have right now? A million women or a billion dollars? Like a million women in deep relationship. I'm like, oh my God, a million women. No question. And she was like, what? What do you mean? If you had a billion dollars, you wouldn't have to deal with those pesky people. But like, it's not about the money. You say this to me all the time. It is not about the money. It's about the influence with it, right? And what you can do with it. And so one might argue that we have insanely outsized influence for a tiny little group moving $5 million at the moment. Look how much people talk about CEO all over the place. And we have $5 million loaned out. It's nothing. It's like literally boop. And this is part of the challenge. I don't think we understand distributed exponential networks, right? The pandemic is starting to show us the power of like, it looks like nothing's happening. Day one, day two, day three, and day 34 to day 35 is the difference between half the lily pads in the pond and then all lily pads and everyone's got it. We just don't see that stuff coming. This concept of like using our influence together collaboratively in a direction is the answer. And the death of all of us and all of our energy is trying to like get organization X to move a hundred million dollars in a direction and like the cost of doing that. And also just to your point, like everyone out there is using exactly the same rules to find exactly the same kind of things to get exactly the same kind of results. And we already know that our capital going in in the direction of the playbook of the day is not helping society. So what are we doing? right? If you step back from that, we're not going in the right direction. And we're just trying to make sure more of that goes to women. How's that going to help? What I think is fascinating, and you know, more of that going to fill in the blank. I don't know, when you were talking, one of the things, like, I'm just coming back to that New York example. I'm picturing the thousands of conversations that I've had that were similar, that were basically, wouldn't it be easier if it was all about money and there weren't any people? Right, that there was just this general sense. Okay, plot twist. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm I'm just gonna put my seatbelt on. Go for it. <laughs> there is a sense of people who have a significant amount of privilege and often have a significant amount of their own capital that they are managing, that it becomes a mechanistic game of making the money work. And we know how often that goes read derivatives very wrong. Right, like the number exactly. of times yeah. when it was the financial engineering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then enter systems change or social change, and people are like, "Yes, 
I am going to use my mechanistic money to create social change. And isn't that going to be lovely by critiques, right? Like we're just going to sit there with our magic wand because we have a billion dollars as if, and we've talked about this a million times, but like as if moving a billion dollars makes any difference in the world because just moving a billion dollars doesn't do anything. It's like it's moved from one place to another, like literally moving money is just moving money from one thing to another. The only thing that makes a difference is what you do with it. Anyway, my, my thought when you were talking, it's just how often I've been in conversations where I realized that the person I was talking to who was focused on this mechanistic picture would prefer if there weren't people. A friend of mine once was uh, this amazing guy, Peter Goodman, one of my early mentors in New York City Public Schools. After I left the school system, he was working on sort of school redesign questions. He said, I've just looked at a set of applications for 100 new schools, and about 99 of them would work really well if there weren't any students. Right. Yeah, there you go. And how often is that the system we design? Totally. As long as there's no people here, this is genius. Again, the mechanistic mindset is how we've been conditioned. Right. And we truly don't, I mean, my experience has been anyway, that most people have no clue how to create behavior change and how to get into deep relationship with people. And it seems to be getting worse in my life. I don't remember this being an issue before. Having to actually like show people how to build relationships, how to create feedback loops so that the person that just helps you knows that you did something with that. And so that you can say, thank you very much so that they maybe want to do it again. Literally coaching people on things like this. This is, I think, what all older people say. I'm getting older. Thank you. Yes, I am. It's just shocking to me, right? This whole, there's the psychologist could go deconstruct all this stuff, but we are in this massive sort of behavior. You want people to change their behavior. They are conditioned in a certain way. They're incentivized in a different way. And a very bright person once said to me, if you want to change behavior, you have to shift incentive systems. Unless the incentive system changes, I had a fascinating conversation with a private equity guy last week. He sees the system he's in, right? He's like, here's the deal. Pension funds, give us the rules for how we you know, go about our business. They're like, go get a maximized return. Don't care about social impact. Don't care fossil fuels. Go get a max return for our pensioners. And so we do. And therefore, that's why our behavior is the way it is. If someone changes the rules, I'll change my behavior. But here are the rules right now. And so if you kind of go up to the level of what's happening in our economy, our rules are the problem. That we've decided that financial return matters more than anything else because it's the only thing we can measure. And we just pushed everything aside and said, hey, <laughs> hey, all those other things that probably do matter, I'm not going to be here when it, the S hits the fan. So what else? Right. So then if I am fund manager trying to do something innovative, I am selling to a system that has a playbook of maximized returns, then one strategy is to say, I am going to figure out how to work within that playbook. You probably have more critique of people who do that than I do. I actually think it is a reasonable choice from time to time to work within the playbook. But we should be clear what the outcomes of that are going to be. If you choose to work within the playbook, if you choose to sell to the playbook, you are going to be constrained forever by that playbook. You will then have taken in capital that also has the same playbook behind it. 
And you have to just decide that working within that playbook, working within those rules is what you've chosen. And I do think there's people who want the best of both, right? They want to play within the playbook, feel comfortable working within the rules and have the freedom to go do something radical with the money after they get it. Yeah. And that's not a thing. It's not a thing. We see it right now. I just can't even believe anyone's still talking about working within the playbook. I can't believe we continue, governments continue to put money into the existing playbook, which shows us every day what the results are going to be. Why are we thinking that we're going to get different results by, you know, tripling down? We can agree to disagree that that sometimes working within the playbook is leaving that aside. So the question is, if you're not working within the playbook, you are going to hit massive resistance to be able to do anything, to be able to move through that resistance, you need to borrow power. You need influence. You need to figure out how others are. And this is where my, one of my favorite words are scheme to Yeah. Because it literally takes scheming. I probably have maybe 10 people who sit in fairly significant positions who will have a coffee and scheme. And if you make this move and then we make this move and then you do this, what might happen? And when I sit in those rooms, they're, they're fun, but I'm also recognizing my own privilege. So part of the question is, how do we, I hate when you just put the word democratize before it, but part of what Criterion's always trying to do in its work is to work with a set of people for whom the possibility of scheming to shape capital markets is so far from their sense of where they stand within the world that it's laughable. Well, this is why I feel like we're living in a bit of a house of cards because at some point people are going to wake up and realize it doesn't matter where you are in proximity to that. We all have it. When we come together, everything changes. When we stay separate and isolated, this system stays in place. That's, we're in the middle of it right now. Everyone's got something to contribute to that. That's why I'm so excited about this moment in time. I really, the curtains are being pulled back. Everyone continue to go to sleep if they want to medicate yourself to not pay attention. But literally here, every day, it's right in front of us. Okay, here's what we're going to do to you. Anyone going to do anything about it? <laughs> One more day. How's it going? <laughs> One of the things I'm noticing is this like transformation that's emerging in people as they sort of step into an experience where they start to realize they have more power than they thought they did. With each contribution to the community that they're in, they're like, oh my God. And there's like more and more reinforcing behavior of the collective power that we have together. And then people start to go, what else are we going to do with this power? Towards what world? I feel really positive about the possibilities there because it's innate in all of us that we do want to be in community and support each other. We've just been so isolated from one another in this competitive conditioning that there's not enough and that we all need to compete against each other and step over each other to win. And we actually are, there's massive abundance of things. We just need to reorganize where it is. And so for me, that's the opportunity. And so I am all with you in the scheming. Don't love the word because it's got like such a negative connotation. Let's own it. Why can't we scheme? I want to scheme. I want cabals. I want (laughs) schemes. I want conspiracies. I I want all of the messiness because, and, and this is where I think we're, 
It's the same thing. I just don't like the word. That's all. I'm with you on the feeling of it. Absolutely. Bring it. <laughs> we can have this be a future one, but like, I think we need to take some of these messy terms that seem, we often get nervous around words that have to do, not you just in particular, like we, humanity gets nervous around words that have to do with an exercise of power. Scheming assumes that you have power and that you are with other people exercising it. Okay, that's that's going to be a good podcast because language, I've lo- I'm all over that. Yeah, I think the language really dictates what's going to happen out of it too. Exactly. But And to close out this point, I just think the way you framed the piece of needing to do it together is so important. There will never for anybody be enough money, right? There's always another enough. Part of the question is how do we really ground in our relationships, really ground in that? Because then you can have enough. You can have a deep enough set of connections of people who are willing to do stuff together. And the key thing is finding people who are willing to risk their power to move things forward with you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we have to be asking for. It's not, are you risking your capital? Everybody's capital is at risk every day. Every day it is. For many people, the more scary idea is, would you risk your influence? Would you risk your power? Would you step out and say something bold? Are you going to name that the playbook's not working? Because that is more risky than giving away half a million. In the past, it was, I would say, to put a thing around this. Like five years ago, it was hard to see a demonstration of that, certainly in my orbit. Now, there's a whole bunch of stepping forward because like the sky is falling in such a clear way. The conditions that we're in have dramatically changed, even in the last three months. There's more and more likelihood of that happening. And I'm, we're seeing more and more of that occur because the cost of not doing that is our children's future. It's insane what we've created. So on that note, thank you so much for this conversation today and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Money and Power series on the Shio.World podcast with Vicki Saunders and Joy Anderson. If this conversation resonated with you, please share it with a friend and subscribe on your favorite listening platform. To learn more, go to Shio.World and CriterionInstitute.org.